for a double dip on a Wednesday because he just did three hours in the morning show, and, and now he wants to come on and chat with me. And, and I, I feel honored that you would take another 10 or 15 minutes out of your day to talk to me, Kron, seeing as how you've already talked on the radio all day. How are you, pal? Well, you know, if you know anything about me, and you and I are good enough friends, where I, I like the double dip. I like, I like the extra. I'll always take more than I need. <laughs> That's very true. I I know that about you. Uh, what's you going on? How I fill my wine glasses? <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I have seen you fill your wine glasses. That's I don't think they're supposed to go that high, but I I only that's, that's based on only a very limited amount of knowledge. Uh, how uh, how's it gone so far this week? It's you know it's it, it's crap. It's it's so hard waking up that early in the morning, and I've been getting my rest. And uh, I think today is finally like the day that was going to break me. You know, the middle of the week. I didn't want to get up this morning. I did. I nailed the show, and now I feel like I can do anything. Now I'm over that hump, and now I'm a morning guy again all of a sudden. Were you, was it okay working with Will? I, it caught me by surprise. I really didn't know what to do with myself. I'm running, out of ways, <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of ways to chirp him without swearing. It's difficult. You can tell in the morning show when he kind of slides a few in there. He's got, he's got, he's got, uh, he runs the controls for the morning, so I'm kind of at his mercy. But the first thing that comes to mind is an f bomb coupled by a chirp that sh- that doesn't make it to air. So I'm still I, my biggest problem is I'm I'm keeping them G rated, which is not my strength, and so it's just like you know I I give out the you're a stupid head or you're an idiot. I mean that's as far as I can go. But the text messages that he was receiving, I think you saw some of them this morning, were a little over the top. <laughs> yes, they were a little over the top. Uh, what did you make of uh, Cam Talbot's game last night? Uh, I know he let in a couple of uh, rough goals there in the second period. Your observations on Talbot in a, a second consecutive start for him? Well, you know what? He played six really good periods for the Flames. He came in in relief Saturday in L.A., played a strong game in Anaheim Sunday night, played a really good first period against Washington last night, and then literally the second period, early goals, you know, that 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 first goal, you're just, you know, I, I have a tough time with the whole snow in the eye thing. Yes, it probably could have happened. He's the only one that knows if it was actually true. I don't have any reason not to believe him. But you're just better off saying that's a, that's a stoppable puck and I need to have that. Because the second you say there's snow in my eye, it's like playing street hockey with your brother on your driveway. Asking you, you say, hey, I, I said timeout. That doesn't count. It's timeout, right? And it's it's hard for him, for me to swallow. I'm sure it's hard for the teammates to swallow too. I mean, I'm sure that's what happened. But if you actually watch him during that play, he still tracked the puck after he said he got sprayed. So I mean, neither here nor there. He's been beat up enough. It happens. Let it go. But uh, you know, and then okay, so that, that happens. All right, that's one that he would like to have back. But then the very next play, well, two minutes later, he goes out and stops the puck behind the net and, and, and fumbles with it. And then it's a fortuitous bounce for the Capitals. The puck goes back in the net. So there's basically two goals that are on him now. And, you know, Coach Peters talked about freebies, not giving the the, uh, the opposing team freebies. Well, there's two freebies right there. So now you're starting uh, at a deficit at uh, the start of the second period. The Flames battle back. And then 10 seconds later, Ovechkin scores. And it was a great shot. It was a great pass by Backstrom. And, and everybody knew where it was going. And you can't cheat as a goaltender. But for just in his for his mindset, you know what? He let in two bad goals. That's a save I know he really wanted to make. I mean, you want to make all the saves, but that's a if he could have made that somehow, that would have kind of washed away the two mm-hmm. garbage goals that he let in. But he didn't, and that's how goaltending goes. You can't have everything, and it doesn't always work out for you. 
but it just it just seemed that he just couldn't get momentum after that, that mental lapse for literally you know four minutes at the start of the second period, and, and it was it was tough to see. And then after that, you know, Tom Wilson comes in right-handed shots, and he's all alone. And he's trying to shoot top glove, and he miss, and he shoots off the heel, and he he shoots it a couple inches off the ice, and it's I mean those look ugly too. You know, guys miss their shot. It's a change up. It's hard to stop. It's it's hard to read, but it's still it's a it's a goal. So now you're now you're now you're four deep. And I mean, it's just it's it's a rough night, and it's not just goaltending, but but he needs, he, I mean, he needs to be better. And the and the Flames can't be giving goals like that up. Uh, you know, Hamannick kind of tripped over himself there in the fourth goal. Uh, just a whole bunch of missed assignments on on all parts, but it always ends up on the goaltender's shoulders. Can you make that save? Can you not? And right now, I mean, he I mean he did it for six periods. He was great, but these last two, I mean, um, you know, they 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 they, they need more out of him. And I, I know he knows that, and he's not. Uh, it's nothing he doesn't know, but he, he needs to be better. Were uh, Were you encouraged? Like, take a look at the nine periods that he's played to this point this season. I guess it's ten when you factor in that one period he played in Los Angeles. Are you uh, encouraged by what you've seen for the most part when it comes to Talbot? Not yet. No, um, he, he played an okay game in San Jose. Um, you know, they give up another early goal in the first period and. And I think they're down two nothing uh, before the period's out. And um, you know, there's a lot of things that that go into that. But just for a guy trying to make his mark on a hockey club, a team that doesn't have a clear cut number one goaltender, Cam Talbot's been in the league now for quite some time. He's been a starter. He had some good seasons in the, with the Rangers organization, backing up Lundqvist. He got off to a great start with the Oilers the first two seasons he was there. The last two he he faltered. Um, he just looks like a guy that that's trying to find his identity a bit again. I mean, you don't you lose your confidence, you never lose the ability to stop the pockets. It's all about how you feel and, and, and your swagger and, and whatnot. And I mean, it's, it's too early to, to judge, uh, but he, he's going to need to start earning that net. And he did Sunday night with a great game against Anaheim. Timely saves are, are, are an absolute must, and he delivered Sunday night. But then he goes back to this on Tuesday, and it's, a, it's consistency. I mean, he'll be the first one to tell you, you know, the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League are guys that can play night in, night out. They won't have a bad game. They'll have a bad period. They'll have a bad shift. They'll have a, you know, you know, but the whole game itself, they'll still be able to compete. And if they do have a bad game, they can, you can throw them right back in the next night, and you know they're going to be better. And that, that's that's not for everybody. Some guys are just one A, one B guys. Some guys are just backups. Every goaltender will tell you he wants to be a starter, but some guys are just better suited uh, as a backup or a one B. And and I think that Talbot is his, his successes as either a backup or a one A, one B system. I don't think he can be a, a full time number one guy. And, you know, Riddick has got to prove that as well. Or Riddick, sorry, as I was corrected earlier. Riddick, he's got an opportunity to be that guy. But he's also battled with consistency. And, and so basically we're in the same same uh, position that the Flames fans have been in for years, is watching two guys go out. And that seems to be the way the, the National Hockey League works. Don't get me wrong. But, but you just can't look at the Flames and see there's a clear-cut number one guy. Even though they split the games, who's your number one guy? Well, right now it's Riddick. But... You know, Talbot could be to any given night, and it's just it's you want to see a guy just kind of grab it and go. He is Brent Cron, our NHL goaltending analyst, who joins us uh, Wednesdays sometimes, and also does the morning show from time to time. Uh, joining us on the program this afternoon, we we talked to Mark Giordano earlier this hour. Uh, he was one of the only two players on the Flames who played in the 2011 Heritage Classic. He'll play in another one coming up uh, on Saturday in Regina. Did you ever, I know you played in a couple of those midnight games in Las Vegas, but did you ever play in an outdoor game at any point in your career? 
Never, and thank God. I wouldn't want to. I just think, I mean, it's it's, it's great entertainment value for the fans. It's, it's fun for even the players, I think, too, if it's not too cold outside. This one's going to be, obviously, this weekend where it's it's not going to be, well, who knows, I guess, but the, the weather is not going to be a giant factor unless it's raining or whatnot. But for a goaltender to stand outside if it's super cold, like that one Heritage game they played against the Canadians, I think it was minus 30 outside. I mean, and you're a goaltender. You're sitting in your, your end not doing much, and then you get a flurry of action, and you don't, you sweat and then you then you freeze up again. It, it sucks as a player. I mean, I know you sit on a bench, you got heaters, you're wheeling around out there. It's totally different as a goaltender. Those outdoor games are are they're, they. I guarantee you, Riddick is not looking forward to playing that game Saturday night. I guarantee you, Hellebuck doesn't want to play that game Saturday night. It's totally different for a goaltender. Um, I mean, it's an experience. Don't get me wrong. It'd be fun to be a part of it, but they'll both be happy once the game's over because. Games like that on goaltenders, they're they're awful. I mean, even the the, the line of sight, uh, the vision. I remember even playing in, in rinks where the where the score clock, because the rink wasn't built for for hockey, it was built for basketball. The, the score clock would be off center, and it would kind of screw up your perceptions to where the puck's coming from, the neutral zone, all that. I mean, just small little things that would change how uh, the puck came towards you. And there's going to be no reference points for these guys. It's just wide open ice, and uh, there's just a bunch of other things to it. It's, just, it, it's not a great, great, great spot to be in as if you're a goaltender. I think Brizgalov even said, too, when he backed up in an outdoor game, how happy he was not to be playing. It's interesting because you wouldn't think that it would make that much of a difference. I'm trying to think about it and try to put myself in in those skates, and you feel like it might have more of an effect for uh, the guys that aren't aren't in net that you could just focus on what is happening in front of you. But you're, it, it, you hear a lot that the sight lines and and some of the things that you're used to uh, kind of having as as markers on the ice, it, it becomes a little bit more difficult in that regard for a goalie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's little things. It's it really is, and it's a it's a mental test because it's the same game, same puck, same players. It's nothing's changed except just your surrounding uh, uh, your surroundings have changed, and so you, you got to adapt with it. You can't use those as crutches. You got to find a way, and if that means playing a bit deeper in your net just to make sure you know where your net is, and I mean the boards are different too because they're not even they, they just they just get set up for the game and that's it. So there can be funny bounces in them. There there can be stiff. They can be soft. They, you know, the ice may not be perfect, the stanchions and the glass when you play the puck, everything. It's just there's, there's so much more to it when you just put a makeshift rink up there. Obviously, the guys know what they're doing, but it's it's not a permanent fixture. It's just up for a weekend and down. And so there's a lot that can go can go wrong, and there's a lot of things that are outside of your control that, that, that can affect your game. And as a goaltender, that you can't make excuses for yourself, no matter where you're playing, what building you're playing in, home, away, you know, outdoor game. You, the, the one thing that everybody watches is, is, is how many goals you let in and how many are your fault. And and so you can make excuses till the cows come home, but just stop the puck and find a way. Brent Kron's with us, our NHL goaltending analyst. What about what's happening in Boston? Both Tuka Rask and Yaro Halak are playing some really good hockey, and that's a second straight season we're seeing this. It's early this year, but Rask and Halak were great last year, and here they are. They're off to a really nice start again this year in Boston. You know what? They they've really hit a gold mine there with Halak. He he's come in and and taken some minutes away from Rask, and I think that, that that Rask is as much as he won't admit it. It probably helps him prepare a little bit more too. We everybody knows Rask is the starter for Boston. He went through a few a few struggles last season, and Halak carried the mail. And and you know this season they're both off to a great start too. It seems like they really can can feed off each other. They you know you watch the game Saturday night. Uh, Halak played really good against the Leafs. I thought even though they lost in a shootout. 
and then they come back Tuesday night with, with Tuka Rask and they win the game 4-2. I mean, it doesn't matter who they throw in net. They have a chance to win every night. And it's not just, you know, you, a lot of teams, they, they, they change their style of play when they're backups in net. They know they got to, you know, keep more of the shots to the outside. They got to play a lot more defense. They're worried about rebounds in front. And, and so their game is, is, is a lot less risky. They play a tighter defensive style. And a lot of coaches like that because they don't give up as many chances because everybody's committed to team defense if they if they like and respect the backup goaltender and want him to do well, guys will do a little bit extra to, to make sure the puck gets chipped out of the out of their zone or make sure they get pucks in deep for a change instead of taking that extra shift. They, they think about a lot of those things, and your backup goaltender has to be very well liked by the team in order to make that happen. But it seems like the Boston Bruins, they have, they have two guys where the style of play doesn't change. They have confidence in both guys. Tuka Rask is still the clear-cut number one guy, but, but the style of play doesn't change from one night to the next. They're... You know, Tuka Rask is a lot more of an emotional goaltender. He played behind Tim Thomas. He lets you can see visually when he gets upset and when he's, you know, when things go well, he's, he, you know, he he obviously lets you know too. Where Halak just kind of goes out there and does his thing, and he's very uh, calm, cool, and collected, and he's got a lot of poise. But uh, I think both those guys have have done a good job fitting into a, a system where it's it's kind of driven now by the new NHL one A one B, and and I mean this tandem, aside from Bishop and Hudobin, is is probably in my mind the best in the National Hockey League. And finally, what do you make of Sergei Bobrovsky's struggles early on in Florida? Gets that huge contract, and he's what eight seventy eight, I think, is what the save percentage is sitting at right now. Yeah, I know, I know. And you know, it's 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 it's, it's right and rightfully so. When you're making that kind of money, you deserve to be called out, and you deserve to be questioned on your performance. He is one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League, if not the best. Uh, but it's going to take him some time to, to get comfortable again. He's in a new team, new system, different coach. Uh, you know, him and him and uh, uh, Tortorella didn't seem to get along very well last year. I don't think Quinville is a whole bunch different. He he uh, he he expects a lot out of people. Uh, he he can get in your face, and I think that uh, Bobrovsky is going to have to figure a few things out here. They they won against Pittsburgh uh, Tuesday night. He played a solid game. He seems to like he's getting just a, a bit of momentum here right now, but he's, he still isn't the Bobrovsky everybody knows. And, and when he kind of finds his groove, there there really is none better. Uh, I'm not too concerned about it at this point. I think he's, uh, like I said, he's one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. It's top three for sure. And and he'll find his way. He's played a lot of minutes for the Black, for the Blue Jackets. He's, he's a, like I said, he's a competitor. He tries hard. He, he never gives up on pucks, but, but he seems to start the season pretty slow too. He, for him to kind of wrap his mind around it and get back in, he, he seems to let most squeakers or ill-time goals. And, and uh, you know, the, the Panthers are going to rely on his goaltending to take them to the next level. The, the, the Panthers have a tremendously skilled team. They, ha- they have had for a while. The expectations have been high on that team for a long time, and they have not delivered. And now they have a goaltender that, that can take them over that hump. And, you know, it's just people being impatient, too. I mean, you pay a guy that much money, he should perform, but it's, he's also a human being. As much as I, I hate to say it, when you make that kind of dough and you're supposed you're expected to be a performer, it's 10, 11 games into the season, he'll find his way, and, and uh, I know uh, that, that he'll 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 get uh, he'll get back to the pace he needs to be at, and he'll be that number one guy that everybody knows he can be. Do you go nap now? What's what does the rest of the day look like for Kron, knowing that you're oh, on boy. the air no, at six o'clock me. tomorrow? You know what? I, I, I the battery on me. I could go all day long. I don't I don't need sleep. I just go. I just work. So I do. That's all I do. Self-service rigs and go on the radio. That's my that's my jam. No rest for the wicked, right? I've, I've been told that too many times already. <laughs> okay, get out of here. Uh, good luck tomorrow. Bye, Kron. Good to talk to you, brother. Good to catch up.